If you are a returning extraordinaire, uh, welcome back. And if this is your first time, then a really big heartfelt welcome to you. Thanks for being here. It's so nice to be back in the studio. Uh, We've been out of the game for a number of weeks. My hashtag hot husband, Will Traval, and I went down like a sack of potatoes with COVID-19 for most of the month of July. And we're really just now clawing our way back into real life. Uh, Grateful to have not been hospitalized, sending love to anybody whose family or friends or self might be. Um, feel free to reach out and message me um, if you have any questions about what it's like to have COVID or what it's like to heal from it. Um, yeah, if we can share our experience with you and have it help you in any way, we're totally here for you. Uh, a little interesting fact that I wanted to share with you is that all of our symptoms are gone now, you know, like 24 days later, albeit but like a little touch of lethargy, we're pretty much back to normal. But both of us are still testing positive for coronavirus. Positive. What the F? The CDC guidelines uh, tell us that we're well past the stage of being contagious. Great. But it's really very strange and quite disheartening to know that this thing, this virus still is in our bodies somewhere. I'd like it gone. I know I have no doubt all of us would like COVID gone from our lives. What havoc it's wreaked upon humanity. At least we're all in it together, right? That's a small detail that seems to make my heart shine just a little more for some reason, being part of a common experience that's shared with all the people of the planet. In truth, we have so many common experiences that have just become the way that it is, the normal. Climate change is normal. Poison plastics, the extinction of our beautiful animal species, white supremacy. All of us have all of this stuff in common. And I wish that we could all feel as, you know, motivated to eradicate these sad realities like we do the damn coronavirus. What would be the vaccine for these evils, do you think? I wish I knew. Is it just education and action? I don't know. Asking questions and communicating is maybe a good start, in my opinion. And that's what we're doing on today's show uh, about the white privilege aspect, at least. It's uh, quite a strange world we're navigating these days. Devastating wildfires, COVID-19, George Floyd, gosh, all this awful tragedy. And yet in the wake of that, we see an uprising, a revolution, an outcry, and what to me feels like a beautiful coming together of people of all colours and all creeds, all races around the globe, standing up for or against our common enemy, which is hate, which is racism, which is oppression by the governments and their police and the patriarchy. Rude words. All of those things, rude words, all of them. 
my utopian default setting feels like we're starting to see some light coming through the cracks. Do you think that too? I mean, let's let all the light in, right? Let's fling open every door and take a good look in every dusty corner and carry the shame and the silence out into the light. That's got to be cathartic. It's a bit of a dream of mine to hope to one day see a future for all of us, for a united race, the united human race, working together, finding ways to challenge a broken system, to break apart old paradigms, beliefs, and clarify mistruths, heal old wounds, and work together to end systematic racism, to end long-time oppression of the black, brown, immigrant, and minority communities, to feed each other, take care of each other like a tribe. What a world that would be, sharing the earth's bounty equally among us. It's pretty frou-frou, way too frou-frou for you. <laughs> but is that possible, do you think? If you say that it's not possible at all, then why? Why do you say that? Do you not think humanity is capable of doing something like that? How sad. Of coming together, do you think we could do it? It is a massive ask, I know. But, gee, I'd like to think we could be better together. I just wanted to say that out loud, I guess. <laughs> okay, so maybe that idea of utopia is out of the realm of global possibility. But there's nothing to say that I can't ask some questions and do some digging that could perhaps help create some of those equalities in my own life, right? If that's what I want. You know, that's what I've been investigating lately. And uh, I confess there is so much that I didn't know I didn't know. Turns out I'm really white. I did not know the sordid histories, many of them, or the depths of the oppression that's been going on in this country for so long or even in my own country. And the truths and the injustices that I did see and did know exist i got to admit, I was just too scared or too indoctrinated to ever really question it or, or take a deeper look. Um, it's been a bit of a shock to me, uh, a reckoning to think that I thought I was one of the good guys. I have a love for every living being on earth. I think every human being is extraordinary. I have no issue with any race, creed or colour. I really do want to be friends with everyone. People's stories fascinate me, hence this podcast. But uh, I do see now that that's not enough. In the past, you know, I really haven't taken much action to learn about or change or defend injustice or discrimination or oppression. I mean, in tiny ways I have maybe, but now is not the time to be afraid to call a spade a spade, right? The stakes are high. The time is now. And I think our authentic truth and vulnerability uh, matters more than ever. What if it is my lack of knowledge on these subjects? What if that's what makes me just as effective and just as much a part of the problem as most every other white privileged person on the planet? Maybe it's what we don't know that perpetuates the problems. What if that makes me ignorant? Oh God, super cringe. But <laughs> if that's true, which I'm pretty sure it is, then I've got to change that. And most of the time, I don't know where to look to find the answers to the questions that I never even knew I had the possibility to ask, right? What I do know is that I want to be a better human and a better ally to all people. 
I want to know more. I want to do better. I want to be able to make a difference. Uh, I want to stand up for my fellow man. I want to be an anti-racist ally. I want to talk about the uncomfortable things with people of color, people who maybe I never knew how to engage with before because I didn't want to say the wrong thing. I want to be accountable and learn how I can leverage my power and my white privilege to help people. I'd love to be the change I wish to see in the world. Thank you, Gandhi. So if that sounds like a call to action for you, wicked, because I have a wonderful woman to talk to about all of this with today. This is what she does. This is her job. Fleur Larson is a facilitator. She travels the nation and the world educating individuals and corporations like Amazon and Boeing, even people at the ACLU and people like me, how to be accountable for our white privilege. She teaches workshops and hosts events talking about equity, social justice, martyrdom, racism, sexism, internalized sexism, white privilege, white supremacy, patriarchy. She knows her stuff and she blows people's minds. And she creates or helps to create pathways to the kinds of change and understanding I'm talking about. And she's, she's, she's a super cool woman. Fleur Larson, thank you so much for being here today. I can't wait to speak to you and learn about some of your wisdom. Hi. Hi, yeah, thank you for having me. It's really nice to be here. What is it in your words that you actually do? Mm. Um, well, I got my start in the work that I'm doing now um, 20 years ago doing facilitation. So I'm really clear that my art and craft is around facilitation, around facilitating groups of people. Um, and then I've been able to map it with my values of social justice and liberation. Uh, those are a lot of buzzwords. What that really means mm -hmm. is I'm clear at the heart of my work, it's about how humans interact with other humans in the mm. context of power and privilege, which is always happening. Power and privilege is always operating. We might call it different things. Um, it's kind of like what's happening in the space between us and then in the systems that are holding us all together. I mean, in every breath they exist, right? Yeah, yes, absolutely. For all of us. Right. Yeah, absolutely, wow. yeah. Why, why did you get involved in this? What drove you to want to make these kinds of changes for people like me? Um, let's see, that's a great question. I think, you know, my why is really connected to my own experiences around sexism. You said patriarchy many times in the intro. The patriarchy is all encompassing, it's all around us. Uh, I'm clear that, you know, my liberation is wrapped up in your liberation. And yeah. That is true for all of us. And this piece of seeing, like, what's in it for me, like, what's what my why is. Um, and what's at stake for me if I do or don't engage um, really connects to my own humanity, right? And my own um, unlearning and healing from, uh, and then getting closer and more expansiveness with my own humanity. So how do you even start this path? So you had that idea, you had that experience, then you had that idea, and then you went, this is what I want to do with my life? Uh, and no. so... Very, no, it's not that clear or glamorous or, or anything like that. No, I, it never I, is that easy, is it? I had finished grad school and then was like, okay, I'm going to go get a job. And then I couldn't find a job or, I, you know, found one, but it was like me pre-grad school and my background's in youth, youth work, youth development and education. So I was trying to move Amazing. Away, away from direct service 
um, and really wanting to think a little bit more bigger picture, go upstream, have a bigger impact instead of just more one on one. I worked at a school, you know, I worked with young people in lots of different capacities and, you know, love mm. that. Great. And I knew I was like, okay, one on one connections are where everything is at and where this all starts, but I'm wanting to like go big picture. Um, excuse me, no, I wasn't getting the job that I wanted. And then I was in a train as a participant and the sign on the wall read, what are you pretending not to know? <gasps> what a great question. A good question. And they, part of the training was the sign literally got bigger each day, like this looming sign. <laughs> Bought pink elephant. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, for the woman next to me, she's like, I got to divorce my husband, right? Like that's where I landed for her. And for me, all things were professional world because I was coming out of grad school and I was like, oh, I know the work I want to do. I'm just kind of scared. I don't know exactly what form it's going to take or, you know, how I'm going to exactly do it. But I was clear that I have this art and craft of facilitation of working with people and groups of people and wanting to map it with my values of social justice. And so then after that, I, I moved, I started in, I like went in with that, that this is what I'm going to try to launch to do. Um, it took me about a year of like figuring it out, you know, doing other random work. Um, yeah. And really was, you know, I, I piloted a, a workshop called The Privilege to Work for Pennies, uh -huh. uh, how martyrdom undermines equity, because uh, coming from nonprofits and education where I worked overtime for free all the time, right? Like there was no such thing as overtime pay. You just, you work until you're done and you're never yeah. done because it's a setup because young people need lots and lots and lots and, you know, things like that. And, but I really saw the relationship that when I worked overtime for free, instead of advocating for a bigger budget right yeah. like the go, that's what i mean by go upstream like wait a minute i can and that that there's actually kind of some ego in the martyrdom of like oh it's about yeah, yeah. this young person and as i had been like unlearning that for myself i was like oh this is a, a correlation to equity because who has the privilege to kind of martyr themselves around and even in thinking you know here i'll place it in you know context here in seattle we have a lot of folks who are in the nonprofit sector and a lot of them, I don't have exact data. This is just my, my anecdotal experiences are um, white women whose husbands subsidize their work essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like Amazon, Starbucks, Microsoft. And so who can afford to do this work? Who can afford to do mission driven work where you, you know, you feel good about yourself and you know, you're helping people. And so this relationship to how martyrdom was actually undermined undermining my bigger vision around like equity and equality and um it's similar to, i don't know if you're familiar with this program called americorps right like it's not it's 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 um similar to peace corps but americorps so u.s version based right and I so about like go in and work at an underfunded school um, but you're paid pennies and so who can afford to do that well middle class white kids can afford to not actually make a good wage at a college or something like that so there's this they're supported right yeah because they have a safety net or they you know know oh this is temporary then i'll go get my better paying job later you know so there's an interesting kind of relationship there and that was a part of my own personal journey um so anyway that's the 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 training i i was kind of piloting my first year and i did it for free mm. for a bunch of different folks so i could like refine my content um, and it was also my learning process because I was moving away from direct service. I consider myself a recovering bleeding heart, um, having you know worked with young people in crisis residential centers and foster care youth and martyred myself and felt really good yeah. about it and was like, I'm doing good work in the world. But then I was like, wait a minute, there's something funny about this, about my own motivation. I had to get kind of honest with myself. Yeah, yeah. 
And so you're, I, I totally get that. And I'm sure so many people do. Like, it seems like your suffering needs to be part of it in yeah. order for it to be effective. Sure. There's, there's many ways to kind of spin that there. And so I think, you know, moving away from that, really wanting to um, see how my story and my people, so I work with a lot of white women and that's the dominant group in education, in nonprofits and in healthcare. And so just started to look at the data, which is interesting and compelling in those, those arenas. Um, the helping professions is what they're, you know, historically been referred to as. Yeah. And so something there, there's something about that, like why are there so many white women in these, in what my group? And, um, and there's, there is a relationship between sexism and white privilege, right? Being on the recipient end of sexism and patriarchy, but then also having white privilege. There's this funny tension there. And that's mm -hmm. what I really wanted to like kind of learn more about and understand for myself. And that's what I mean by like me unraveling my relationship to martyrdom as if my value on the planet was based on how helpful I am. Yep, I get that. Right. Yep, like, that's, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> it's many of us. It's totally it's the Protestant work ethic, right? Your salvation is dependent on how selfless you are. And our version of ha. it, yeah, is my value. It comes from being helpful. And even the word help. Yes. Start to, you know, with that thing where you're like, I want to buy a yellow car. And then you see yellow cars everywhere. So with helping, I started to like, be like, I'm hearing it everywhere. All these white women I knew in my circles were saying, I, I just want to help, here to help, I'm happy to help. It wasn't support, collaborate, lead, you know, brainstorm. It was just specifically that word. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, so it just, it, there was a lot of pieces coming into place. And then as I was doing that um, and um, building lots of relationship with folks, um, and I'll kind of fast forward now to explain some things. It, you know, it's a funny thing in some ways to be a white woman doing racial equity work. Um, so I'm really clear on like accountability. And I wasn't at first. I was like, well, I'm, I'm a, just a person. Like, you know, organizations might be accountable or things like that. And like, it's a buzzword that's talked about a lot. Like, how do you do accountability? What does that mean? What does it mean to be an ally? How do you do it? You can't really dub yourself ally. I can't like, you know, make, give myself that title. So right. this piece of like really anchoring everything into relationship. Um, and really, really building relationships with folks that, um, my colleagues of color who, that's who I think about, or that's how I think about, um, accountability is about, it's about a feedback loop that's anchored in yeah. a real relationship. Uh, and so then I started to evolve my work to be more explicitly racial equity as I was being called forward. They were saying, please do this work um, because I'm, I'm able to work with large groups of people um, and specifically to work with my people, white women who were a, a dominant group in a lot of the nonprofit clients that we had. And so let's just concentrate on that then for now, because of course that's, you know, that's what I'm mostly interested in so I can, you know, evolve a little bit. Um, and so what did you find? What, what was the, the glaring obstacles that you found that, you know, someone like me had with, you know, trying to figure out how to be an ally? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think the key thing is, 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 uh, and even you said it in your intro a little bit. So all humans have bias, right? Like yeah. neuroscience, thank you. Kind of like leveled that like, Oh, you know, and Unfortunately, we're in a little bit of a binary that, but I'm a good person, so therefore I must not have bias, right? And so just yep. kind, of, kind of the honesty of like, I have bias. I also have implicit bias, which means my brain is thinking things I don't even know what they are. 
You're like, yeah. ah, what am I supposed to do with that? Cause right. You, we are good people who have bias, right? Like, so uh-huh. both, both are true. And with this thing of like holding, okay, I am a good person who has bias. And that's the starting place. Cause if we can't name that, then it's really hard to manage for something you can't name. You know? Yep. Right. Yeah, you've got so to get really clear yeah, and, this, and honest, right? Yeah, that's right. You know, and this piece of, of all of it, no one escaped it. You know, you said the term white supremacy earlier, like no one escaped this, the air we're breathing in. Um, what are all the fires here in um, Washington two summers ago from, or I think, you know, Idaho, Montana, there were all these fires, like we, it was like thick. You could see it's, it's like the yeah. smog in LA, right? No one's escaping it. No one's not breathing it in. And so we yep. all got it. And for white folks, you know, kind of this internalized racial superiority. And, um, and so this piece of like, okay, it's there and I'm a good person. So we get to hold both. Right. Yep. And right. That's, uh, that's um, a relief, right? I find a, that relieving. Yeah. Because I think so much, um, people get nervous that, but you're going to think I'm a bad person. Sure. Yeah, if we can all just agree that that is inherent in every single human being, then we've got a great launch pad. Okay, brilliant, great, check. Right. And I think number one, I hear number one thing I hear from white folks is I just don't want to say the wrong thing. Right. I find that, especially coming from Australia, like there's taboo words Mm -hmm. here that we have no concept would have the effect when we say them like I got myself into some pretty sticky situations when I first arrived it was mortifying yeah right right because then yeah and so then we get to look at making mistakes gracefully right oh yeah yep yep feedback good to know Um, yeah all these feelings come up either you know defensiveness or humiliation or but like you know intent versus impact but I'm a good person don't think I'm bad so again holding nuance of we're good people. We got given some weird information about how we, being white folks, how to treat other humans on the planet. And yep. what this process is right now, whether you call it social justice or, you know, anti-racism, um, is about the unlearning, right? The unlearning of all the air we breathed in that was smog, right? Um, yeah. Of white supremacy, of just, you know, oppression or oppressive norms in general, right? Yeah. Um, and so that thing of, of just kind of being honest that like, all right, I've got some racial bias. What is mm-hmm. it? Where does it show up? Um, yep. It shows up in like all the wrong places at just the wrong moment where you really don't want it to. Um, uh-huh. And then we get to like, just, you know, really have some grace and humility with ourselves. Um, and the best thing to do in that, you know, if, if something comes up or something happens is just to name it and own it and clean it up. Like just really concisely. Can you give us an example of how that, like what most of your people and your students, like what's the the number one example? Uh, I think probably most folks I know, myself included, just at the interpersonal level, like I don't want whoever I'm talking to to think I'm a bad person. Um, Yeah. You know, there's all the bigger mistakes you know i think of racism as it's that was a mistake right there's policy mistakes there's systemic you know there's big 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 picture stuff yeah Uh, but when folks are nervous it really comes up at the like this person's looking at me and i'm terrified they think i'm a bad person and so right if you get given some feedback about the here's the impact of your actions you maybe didn't know or whatever it's really asking the person like reading their reaction and going did i offend you or what you're saying it's a communication yeah, if they tell you, I mean, that's, that's a great point because communication is always happening, right? Like uh-huh. whether you saying things or not. Yeah. yeah. And so part of this is picking up on it. Still yeah. Feeling up on, 
what's going on right now? Mm-hmm. Um, and part of privilege is the, is the privilege to not know that there's something happening. Right? Yeah. The right? stuff you don't know you did not. That's right. You don't, yeah. And that's what bias is. It's they're like, bl- keep doing this. They're like blinders. Bias is like blinders. And so we don't, yeah. we don't have the sense. And so the unlearning of, oh, there's something happening. And you said it, you know, earlier as well, this piece of like, there's a lot going on and some of us are just awakening to it. And why didn't we know? Like something set us up to not know and we can attribute it to privilege, right? So you have to make a, a conscious effort to learn it first, like see it, observe it, right? and then understand how to unlearn it. So what are those steps? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And I, I want to, can I use an example? Like, sure. um, so, you know, we have a, a friend uh, I, have, I have one uh, black friend who likes to be called black mm-hmm. and another friend who doesn't like to be called black. They like to be called African-American. Mm-hmm. And so trying to find a personal preference, yeah. you know, like how do I, how do I navigate that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, folks of color, BIPOC folks, black indigenous folks are not a monolith. So it, it really is yep. customized. So us increasing our capacity to learn and, yep. and especially either lead with what's your preference, uh-huh, yeah. ask, or they'll tell you and then gracefully accept the feedback. Oh, great. Good yep. Thank you. Right. As opposed mm-hmm. to, oh, you know, like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. You know, like blah, 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 whatever. All that crap. Yep. Got yeah. it. Yeah. It, and it, it is similar to like getting feedback about anything. Yes, of course. Right. So one thing, what I mean when I said earlier by like, I get my humanity back is when I aim myself at racial equity, oh, I get to skill up around getting feedback, you know, and that will help all parts of my life, right? Not just when it's about racial equity. It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. what a a gift of something that like my my whole person will will improve from. Um, It's sort of like when you shine the light using racial equity, it shines the light on like all the things that are not working or all the areas that need some some tending to. Um, And a big one is conflict. When I work with organizations, uh, the ability to engage in healthy conflict really correlates to being able to advance racial equity. Healthy conflict. So in the workplace, mm-hmm. people coming up against like uh, oppression or not being given the same opportunity because of the color of their skin and there's conflict around that? Um, conflict in general, right? Like okay. just like blanket statement. An organization's ability to engage in any healthy conflict, which I, for myself, didn't grow up with that there was such thing as healthy conflict. They weren't, it's like, those never, were never put together, right? Yeah. Right, passive, I grew up in Seattle, passive aggressive, conflict adverse area. Um, I know, passive aggressive. Yeah, and so, you know, you don't talk about it, and anything is conflict is bad. And so this thing of skilling up, again, around healthy conflict about anything, and if you can do that, it will support you advancing racial equity. Um, okay. So, so, because racial equity is a pretty high charge topic, so you need to be able to use these skills in all areas, especially when it's not as high charge or like people's lives aren't at stake. Um, and so, you want to be able to do it anywhere, let alone with like, racial equity. So, with the workplace, you're saying uh, I have a, I, sometimes these big topics for me, and the, the big words are too hard for me to decipher what my path is if I was in that situation. And so are you saying that, you know, when you're, if you're in, I'm sure it would be important if you're in these corporate situations where the conflict is coming up, but it's our responsibility to also encourage perhaps the person of color to have a platform to speak and to share 
their part, right? We have a responsibility to not only speak our own truth, but encourage others to have a, a, a space to do that too. So that they can come forward all of the, all of the, all the topic. Uh, I would say yes. And, and it depends. And it depends. Okay. Yeah. And that's where, you know, that's what's so tricky is all of this is it's so contextual. It's so about yep. the relationship. Whenever I'm confused about race, I map it. I, I look to, well, what do I know is true about my experiences of sexism? Right. And are there times when like, of course I would want to be able to say my piece and I yep. enlist male allies. Like I'm tired. I've been saying the same thing over and over and you're not hearing me. So yeah, unless my male ally, and it also might make me mad that people will hear him, right? <laughs> I, mm. I, he might say the same message, but he's going to be heard. And, mm. you know, that's this tricky thing about utilizing your allies. Like we need to call on our allies um, and it has to be anchored in relationship, right? Um, because otherwise sometimes what, with white folks, we can kind of try to swoop in and save the day and it's our white savior stuff or our yep. um and it's it's weird it gets weird right and like you said with your two friends we might not know until we're able to read the room which means yeah filling up around feedback like you know and usually it's all the non-verbals or whatever and this is very much at the interpersonal level you know there's all this stuff we have to think about this at the policy level and systemic arena as well around uh who's given a voice, who's given a platform, who's not, who's in the room, who's here, who's not here, um, who's designing policy, right? And why people aren't here uh, and really like not tokenizing, which is another one. So you can be like, wow, I can't do anything, but it, it, it's so it is nuanced. And that's partly what we get to get better at as white folks mm. who are putting ourselves at racial equity is seeing, mm. seeing the nuance, right? And that each moment or each situation is going to be unique. So how do you teach that then? How do you teach when is the necessary time for you to stand up and defend or stand up and make space? Like how, how do you, how do you teach it? Well, unfortunately, there's like not a foolproof like plan here. Implement these it's not just step one, step two, step three. Here you go. Yeah. Bare so, <laughs> minimum, it's trial and error. Right? Okay. It's trial and error. And, and then it's like, okay, I was, did I have a relationship? Who did I have relationships with in the room? What's the quality of them? Was yeah. I, and was I connected to myself? Like, was yeah. I like, and so the somatics of this, and this is the us healing and where everyone was, has been harmed by white supremacy culture is the disconnection where we're like, I don't even know what's, you know, my, I wasn't present. Right. And so for white folks, one key strategy is drop and connect to your body. Yep. Drop in, connect, breathe. Uh, How you, does it feel? Yeah, and feel, right? And our bodies usually can kind of pick up on stuff even before our minds are super conscious of it. So trusting, you know, drop mm. in, connect and trust. And one of the biggest things is you don't, you don't have to try to say it right. But um, anything yep. better than nothing, and that's the yep. trial, trial and error part of it all. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So just communicate, communicate, connect, yeah. converse, That's right. try and learn yeah. about someone else's story, someone else's feelings, share your truth, admit your vulnerability, admit your, yeah. um, 
uh, unsurety of how to say it. Yeah, I, I get that. Just speak it. Just connect yeah. and communicate. It's, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. You teach so many different workshops, mm -hmm. right? You teach and they all connect. At some point, they all converge into, e into each other. But how does your... As you were saying before, like when well, you had to learn about the sexism and martyrdom, and what's, which is what sent you on this pathway, mm -hmm. like what is what is that about? How does sexism mm -hmm. affect me, and then reveal itself to be um, social injustice or 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 white supremacy? How does it, it connect? Yeah, what's the link there? Yeah, great question. Um, I think me understanding my experiences of oppression. You know, and, and there's, you know, we all have multiple different identities, whether it's, you know, also around class and um, gender and religion. So there's many intersections there. I think about sexism because it's just, such, it's been so big. It's such a massive institution and, um, yeah. and affects so many of us. I mean, it affects everyone. It affects men in the sense of, like, toxic masculinity and things like that. Yeah. Um, so... Well, I'll tell you what the outward expression is and kind of like the work backwards from that of what yep. I see and what I found in myself that I had to work on and get real like, ooh, I'm doing that, is where my, my the impacts of sexism and the ways I've coped, those coping ways are actually getting in the way of me being a good ally to my colleagues of color. Okay. So the, yep. the helping. Yeah with that exam mean, because it's really clear the helping and getting my worth from feeling helpful mm -hmm. instead of going for a relationship even with self even with self and with yeah. my colleagues of color right yeah and so even that subtle distinction what might come from is matters mm-hmm because uh, then my thinking is either I'm dropped in and connected or I'm, I want to be seen as a good white person. I want to be seen. I want to be helpful. I want you to like me. Like all those kind of motivators of wanting to be helpful from the impacts of sexism are getting in the way of me actually being powerful, being bold, being reliable, being an authentic um, ally striving for racial justice. Right. You have to stand up for yourself and your worth first. Yeah. to understand how to make space for others yeah or and how disappointing and devastating it is if i don't meet allyship because i know what that's like to not have it not, yeah. not, not be on the receiving end or to be on yes. the end of someone else not receiving you know de delivering it to me right i understand yeah yeah, yeah. that's so important we i don't think we even realize you know uh, it's so you know yeah it's in the system from the time that we're, you know, little girls right. turning teenagers that happens. Yeah. It's super ingrained. And I want to be really clear because it can get kind of confusing. And, you know, what's tricky is we don't want to like syntax and words really matter. And we don't want to like, you know, I don't want to harp on anyone for, you know, saying the wrong thing. This is what I'm not, what I'm suggesting is not about white feminism. Because white feminism has been incredibly harmful to our sisters of color, right? Like white women got the right to vote in 1920, not all women, things like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then the second and third wave feminism. So a key strategy I see for me and for you to advance racial equity is I gotta go heal from the impacts of sexism mm -hmm. so that I can really show up in a more powerful and bold way. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and it's, it's not, oh, I'm going to go heal and work myself to make myself perfect so I can come back fixed. It's not that either. Yep. We want yep. to 
you know, because it can get kind of slippery in there of like, what's this about? Um, yeah. And our own insecurities can kind of take something and then like take it somewhere else. And it's like, no, no, no. We just need to go heal from the impacts of sexism. Yes. So we can then really, really show up more powerfully in our quest to be allies to our colleagues and friends of color. And so then once we get to that point where we have the connection with our allies and our, and our you know, friends who are people of color, then we can get to move forward together and kind of tackle this, mm -hmm. you know, supremacy situation, right? It's kind of, that's yeah. the onion layer. Yeah. And I think, you know, this key thing of like following their lead, what do folks want? Um, really humility and throwing yourself under the bus or like, you know, being humble, but not a doormat. Right. Yep. Like, I'm clear that I'm like smart. I bring my full critical thinking to my partnerships when, you know, my colleagues and I are, are working with a client and I'm going to follow their lead on some stuff. Right. Uh -huh. And whatever they think we should be doing with our client around the racial equity work. Uh, but I, I'm not, I'm not like martyring myself. I'm not being a doormat. I'm not shrinking to elevate them. I'm really like truly in relationship but uh -huh. I'm clear that like, I'm going to follow their lead. Right. Uh -huh. Once you know your power, it's really easy to share power. Yes. And do you find that you have like remarkable breakthroughs when you're d talking about this stuff with corporations? Like is a real change that happens or yeah. I mean, how do you, how do you then get all the way to the top and then, you know, deconstruct it to construct it better? Uh, you, I think a critical mass is needed. Right, like individuals, yep. individuals might have an aha, um, and mm. we're talking about culture change, and yeah. so we need critical mass, uh, and folks with power, whether you're white folks or you're men or you have positional power, really need to look at um, being willing to like change, like actual change. Yep which might on the onset have a perception that you're going to lose out. Yes. Yes. Like that's the perception. And so that's where we go back to in the very, very beginning when I said my liberation is wrapped up in your liberation. Like that's actually, right. It, it's a win-win if we yeah. aim ourselves at this, right? It's a win-win. Like, um, you know, there's so many great small examples like the, um, you know, like carving out, um, on sidewalks, the space for, for like a, for a wheelchair, right? Like ramp, yeah. right? Yeah. So the people with disability justice had to fight really, really hard to make uh -huh. that be a thing, like ADA accessibility stuff. Turns out who else does it benefit? People with, um, you know, canes or like if you have a stroller or like it benefits a lot of people. No, we don't even notice it. I don't need it, but I certainly don't notice it's taken away some of my sidewalk. Yeah, right. That's right. And so, but they had to fight really hard to make that happen. It wasn't yeah. a done deal. And so while that's a pretty small example, it's, I mean, that is what we're talking about when we go for yeah. or liberation, yeah. or justice, like these are, all, these are human rights issues and, you know, yeah. it's politicized now in a way that um, is quite polarizing when we're really just talking about caring for people. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because like you say, it has been quite, you know, <laughs> quite loud when you hear people discussing how uh, reticent they are to share, mm -hmm. you know, to suddenly be able to, uh, you know, offer people of color more of what they should have been getting from the very beginning, you know, which is they'll let redlining, they should be able to get loans, mm -hmm. you know, and it goes down the board, down the board, down the board. Like, 
how, what do you say to people who are afraid that they think that they're losing out right. when really the perception in my mind is that if you could get over it, we're all winning. We're all creating more abundance. Right. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think at the heart of that is uh, we're not operating with all the same information, right? About history. Okay. About, yes. You know, like redlining, you mentioned that, but not everyone knows about redlining or the implications of it, you know, 50 years later and who can accumulate wealth. So that's one thing I start off with, with all my clients is, you know, baseline information. I'm not a historian. There are yeah. there's tons of brilliance out there. And I want to uplift like folks of color who have, who have written books on this or, you know, movies or shows or whatever. Um, yeah. A podcast called Seeing White is phenomenal. It goes through history. There's 1619. Um, and then of course, there's a lot of different, different um, books. So um, much around at the moment, which has been really yeah. highlighted currently, which is lovely. Absolutely. So having some sort of elevated baseline of shared mm -hmm. information, shared analysis, yeah. and shared language. Um, mm -hmm. People use the term equity and equality interchangeably all the time, but they actually mean fundamentally different things. Oh, can you explain that? Yeah, absolutely. So equality, we all get the same. Everyone gets a cookie. Everyone gets one cookie, right? That's equality. Equal. Yeah. It, that part's simple. Equity is who hasn't eaten recently? Who needs this cookie, right? Uh huh. And if someone comes in with like their own bag of cookies, they don't need it. Let's give it to the person that doesn't have any. Got you. It's more about need. It's about thinking about context, right? We want to think yep. about historical context, current context, right? Equality is everyone gets the same. Doesn't matter what yep. you're dealing with or what's happening, right? Um, there's a great image around if you, um, equity and equality in the bicycle, right? Like if we give everyone a bicycle, well, I'm really short. Looks like your sweetie's really tall. We don't need the same bike. Yeah. If he, if I, if I give him my bike, it's not going to help him. So, and also like, what if you're differently able? So, the equity slide shows the bike that fits the person. What is the need? Mm -hmm. And right. what the need is, not just we all get the same bicycle, because that actually like doesn't, doesn't benefit everybody. And is that why you think people are a bit scared of it? Because they think people will get more? Yeah, absolutely. There's a perception there. Um, and when you're accustomed to privilege, right? Yeah, having plenty. Normal. Yeah, having plenty. And you don't know that like, you, it's privilege. You just think it's normal. Yes, yes, yes. This is just what's normal. And then when we suggest equity or even e just equality, mm -hmm. you, you think you're being attacked or on the losing end um, because mm. you're accustomed to something that you didn't even know was a thing. Right. I mean, people get really pissy in Australia about, you know, because we have the doll, we have, you know, um, what do you call it here, unemployment, that mm -hmm. people don't like having to spend their money yeah. to take care of other people you know in, in australia we have um national health care which is a freaking godsend you know yeah. it should be here but i think i think americans if i may really scared of you know supporting someone else for fear that they won't have enough yeah yeah there's just so much misinformation and people are operating from really different normals, the context, like geography wise. Of course. You know, I mean, here in Seattle, people, if they watched Fox News, they would think that anarchists are taking over our city last month. That's right. right? That's right. So then, you know, it's like really messing us up to have now, like what is real? Like that's a fundamental 
like breakdown in a functioning society of what is real, what just happened, what is reality, what is happening. Yeah. Um, this is why things are, it's really scary. And having more shared information, short, shared analysis, uh -huh. shared language, those are strategies to like make our way through. Right. So investigating, you know, multicultural literature or, right. you know, yeah. even movies or television or something that, that tells their own narrative yeah. is part of the education of understanding someone else's story, right? Absolutely. Okay. It's good advice. Yeah. I mean, uh, I interviewed one of my, um, uh, my black friends who's a native Los Angelian and um, it's, you know, remarkable that how much she's been learning uh, that's come forward recently, information that's never taught in schools. I don't know half the stuff that's going on with our, you know, indigenous people. It's not taught, taught in our schools either. And would you, would you, uh, you guess what you're saying that the, the education and not understanding the histories yeah. Not that that's what you teach, but that's part of the origin of why we're having so much problem now. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. There's two sayings and one I'll uplift from Toni Morrison's is definitions are written by the definers, not the... Yeah, like the Bible. <laughs> Don't get me started. You might not like that. Yes. I, I know. Oh, Jesus geez. was an Arab Jew. Like, let's like, and he's not... Exactly. Otherwise, Jesus was an There's Arab just Jew. some facts that you can't deny, but yet we fight and kill each other over the lie. Well, and then literally the whitewashing of that narrative, right? Yes. So, so you know, Toni Morrison, this quote, definitions are written by the definers. Yeah. Not the defined, um, which is similar to histories written by the victors. Yes, of course. Right. So who's who's dictating the norms? Who's telling the story, the narrative? So that right there is white supremacy, isn't it? Yes. That's an example yes. of how we are all under the thumb mm -hmm. of deceit. Yeah, absolutely. Who does it benefit? Who does, you know, when we really narrow the, the narrative or define the narrative in a certain way, who's who's benefiting? Um, so, so you're teaching things at the independent level, mm -hmm. a, a, an authentic responsibility and accountability, accountability by, for in, or by individuals, mm -hmm. and then expanding it to corporations and the like. Mm -hmm. And so that's the only possible way, because how the hell are we supposed to transform that? Yeah. How do we do that? That's like way big. Yeah, it is. One thing that's hopeful, because there's so much that can be overwhelming and like ho feeling hopeless, right? And, and yes. heartbreaking is one thing that's hopeful to me is just um, similar to like labor movement organizing is the, the build your base, the one-on-one -on -one and the critical resistance, like getting the critical mass of people to yep. do anything. And what okay. we're seeing right now is if a lot of us do something, actually a lot is quite possible, right? Yeah. So, in terms of all of these protests, peaceful protests that are right, are are you know our constitutional right, they are making huge changes. They really are forcing yeah. the end of things that were just kind of going about that no one noticed. And you know, here in Seattle, just keep my my examples local. Here, we were building a youth jail, and people have been doing movement work around organizing around no. Let's not put money into jailing kids. Let's put money into like preventing them from getting into jail, right? Where, Duh. You, where you put your money is where, what you value. Of course. Right? Yeah, but, it's like if you want to hit the tree, if you don't want to hit the tree when you're driving your car, don't look at the freaking tree. 
Yeah, that's so simple, but like people make it really complicated. And this thing of if enough people, and I do want to honor that like people have been doing movement work and organizing for a long time to be able for this moment to even happen, right? It didn't just, it's like, yes, COVID, yes, people are, are at home, maybe potentially working from home. And so a relationship to time and um, access to leaving and going to a protest is of different. Of course. And it was like ripe because of all the movement work people have been doing for years and years and years like organizing. very much so yeah having um so we need to honor that and mostly done by black and brown folks right um, yeah and so having a absolutely new, you know around like in portland um and, you know if you saw like the the naked woman sitting on the street and like stopping the you know and then <sighs> the the fathers with the um leaf blowers and the mothers making arms those are great and they're just now showing up now and organizing has been happening by black and brown folks the whole time. And so yep. we have to be careful in how we sensationalize who is getting the attention. I understand. You are saying because all those examples that you just made were white people basically yeah. getting on the bandwagon to assist and we're making news stories about them going, hey, yay. Yeah. Whereas it's yeah. been yeah. movement for yeah. centuries. Well, yeah, generations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so just, you know, even that we want to be careful in how we sensationalize, or again, who's telling the narrative, who's controlling the narrative. Right. So where you get your news from, where yeah, you, absolutely. where you, where you learn. Mm -hmm. So, so we still have to come back to grassroots. So mm -hmm. my family, you know, my, my friends, you know, generationally, there's still uh, words that I use that are straight up racist, yeah, yeah. you know, and they're just colloquialisms that are bandied about in regular conversation. Mm -hmm. So how that, that to me seems like one way that we can start to get really authentic with how, because uh, you might not be a racist at all. And yet the words you use are so um, ingrained in your vocabulary, right? Mm -hmm. How do we cut that? Right. Mm -hmm. That's, well, that's important. The biggest things is like, so we even have to go, um, we all have bias, ergo racial bias, which means I, uh -huh. I am, I am racist. Everybody is what yeah. you're saying. Everyone has all white folks. And, and that's what I mean by no one escaped it. And so it's like, oh, it's true. I think yeah. it's true. Damn it, it. You know, you just practice it, take it on. Oh, darn it. That's my best effort. I actually am racist <laughs> and I'm doing my best to unlearn it. I don't want, I mean, I have walked down the road. This is, it's horrible to say, but I mean, uh, you know, I've walked down the road and, you know, especially when I first got here, held a purse closer to you. If you're being met by, you know, five people who don't look like you, especially if they're men. Yeah, right, right. You know, and this thing of, of just identifying. Stereotyping. Yeah, and just being honest, like, oh, that thought, like, because that's, that's what, that thing. How we unlearn the implicit bias that's like lodged in there. And I, I okay. find neuroscience to be, and neuroplasticity to be so yeah. hopeful. We can, uh -huh, yes, yes. our brains can. Of course we can. And so what do you do in that situation? How do I, how do I, as the example to use, how would I unlearn that? Well, first uh, awareness. Oh, I just had, I just, I just did that. I just felt that or thought that. And then all the feelings that come with that. Oh, surprise, shame, guilt, embarrassment, fear. fear. And you know, feelings, there's nothing to do, but feel them. That's yes, yes, yes. 
they have to be felt and usually talk about it, write about it, whatever, try to unravel like what happened there. Yeah. Is the start, right? And it's true for anything, any human experience, like we have to actually fully experience it and be honest yeah. about it. And then I've been saying, hi, how are you? Right. <laughs> like right. I'm actually engaging. Right, right. That's like, I've done that a couple of times and I thought that come up, you know, instead yeah. of me index skulking away, I'm like, hi guys, how are you? Right, 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 right. You know, right. which seems to transform like, oh, great, you know. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, which is one way. Sure, sure. It's okay. Easy. Yeah, right. You know, and I think that mm. thing you mentioned about words, right? And we have to just kind of also this piece around learning and humility of like, oh, that's inappropriate, or that actually has been harmful. Here's the history of that word. Here's why. And then, and then you know, right? So and, Google it immediately in the moment and be like, oh, right. uh, I'm sorry, I'm calling myself out. Right. Yeah. Just like know what you know, and then and same thing with others your friends you know you mentioned like you know my you know folks back home in australia or something like that and just giving in a anchored in relationship hey i wanted to give you some information i just learned uh -huh. too. turns out that's not the awesomest thing to say anymore right and people's willingness to learn to learn in public, right to be okay wrong. and so humility right humility is like a core emotional intelligence skill that yep. We get to skill up around humility, and turns out, of course, that'll help us in lots of areas of our life. Yeah, and that goes again. That's what's in it for me as a human. So right. shame and guilt is useless. Get rid of it, and find uh, the empowerment, like you were yeah. saying, just to believe in your worth and your value, to state your truth authentically in the moment and connect. Well, and that you right. have, have worth, even and then even if you say the wrong thing, and then you learn from it, right? That's worthy. That's a beautiful moment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just true for all humans. Like we're, you know, people make, okay. it's like make mistakes gracefully. Right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. How do we have these conversations, um, even though we might not be, you know, perfect or, 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 or nail it, maybe even sometimes in a lifetime, but how do we have these conversations and skill up, as the term that you use, yeah. our immediate family, the people who are around us? How do we inspire yeah. evolution and yeah. new cognition in, in those people. How do you do that? Yeah. Okay. We'll say that family is a whole nother category. It really <laughs> it's a whole other workshop. <laughs> it's a whole other category. Okay. Um, I, you know, I think a couple things, one practice in lower stakes areas, right? Um, okay. People that or are like taking out garbage. Or, yeah. Or like someone that you already think similarly, or you already have some shared analysis practice you know, how you might not, maybe it's literally how you might talk to someone else, but just sort of like, don't take the hardest relationship or the highest risk relationship and start there, right? Like, don't. Because <laughs> that's mod of them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. just, you know, I mean, like any new skill, it's not going to necessarily go very well, right? Like, yep. we're, we're mm -hmm. learning, we're practicing. And that's, again, the nuance and the context, right? And really being able to, in a split second or a few seconds, our minds are brilliant. We can think on our feet. It takes practice. It takes practice. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then I think, you know, trying to change people's minds, we all can sniff that out. If you're like, someone's coming at us, right? Like trying to convince us of something. That's usually no not, one likes that. That's not going to be a good strategy. It is yeah. for, for me to be in right relationship with myself to say what I think. So sometimes people will be like, oh, I, you know, I can't ever change their mind. Why bother? I'm not going to say anything. Uh. And what happens in that moment is then I've compromised my own integrity. Yep, 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 exactly. So you can say something that's just more about like, well, here's what I believe. Sounds like we think differently. Right. 
And you also might be in that moment, whether this is written, like Facebook is a big classic one, or you know, you're in a group of people with your family, other people hear what you think and they know where you stand, right? And that's actually really, yeah. that's really mm -hmm. important, right? Um, and it doesn't have to be about calling someone out or humiliating them, but that like we can like disagree. Um, James Baldwin's quote that's phenomenal is, you know, we can um, agree to disagree unless your disagreement is about um, denying my humanity. Absolutely, yes, totally. Right, so that's not totally. exactly his quote, we should get it um, precisely. But that thing of like, we can't actually just agree to disagree about um, racism not being a thing. Because <laughs> it, yep. it it's a thing. Yeah, and totally. People are dying and we can't agree to disagree about Black Lives Matter. And right. all lives matter, but I think Black Lives Matter, like that's a big divergence. And so some type of like, we can't just leave it there, right? Um, so what are the questions that I should be asking myself that I might not be? Mm -hmm. um, you know, are you talking with other white folks about racism? uh very much lately yes right 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 i think that's one of the biggest things i from my and i take my cues from my colleagues of color where um jody Amberry, who i just did a, a workshop with on last week where she coined this term called secret allies where yep. she would work somewhere and some something off would be said and someone would would slack channel her oh my god i can't believe i said that i'm so you know a white person and she's a black woman i'm so sorry that happened that was terrible and she's like why didn't you say anything? Don't, don't yeah. go don't back channel about how terrible it was and be my secret ally. Yes. So, so white folks need to A, say something and B, talk to each other about racism. She's like, don't send me articles about racism. Send them to your other white friends. Right. right. Yeah. It's, it's important to know that, you know, we can solve this amongst ourselves I don't want to rely on my you know my my black friends to teach me how to do it yeah right right what is your ideal for a utopian society if we could solve the issues mm -hmm. what would the issues be that we've solved mm -hmm. and what, what what could that look like and i mean it's i know it's a it's a it's yeah. totally hypothetical but is it possible do you reckon we have um, the capability of transforming in this way adrian maria brown who um wrote emergent strategy as woman of color black woman uh and uh -huh. pleasure activism and does a huge body of amazing work she talks about social justice as science fiction <laughs> you're right right that we're gonna have to stretch our minds so far and and that it's like to and, and that's what this work is it's all about creativity like how will we do things different right so if it's not mm -hmm. supremacy if we, we want to have our hiring policies be different like what do we do how do we do that right we have to like really get creative and strong mm -hmm. our minds and i actually don't know you know maybe what we're going for is the absence of oppression maybe that's liberation mm -hmm. we're aiming ourselves at a fuzzy notion that no one's experienced yet Right? We haven't experienced a liberated world yet. I don't know if our colonized minds can even conceive of what's possible yet. Yes. Right? I mean, who knows? But if you can and I can, mm -hmm. right? If, if my friends and I can, mm -hmm. that's why I keep thinking yeah. like, why can't we 
expand upon that and make it, like you said, critical mass. Yeah. If yeah. we can get it, surely we can all get it. Right. Well, I'm, I'm, I absolutely think things are happening and we are having movement towards it and movement building is really important. I think yeah. our minds cannot conceive of the answer to that because we are still have more to unlearn. Totally. Totally. And this is the way, again, coming back to just reminding myself how to unlearn that is to state it openly, truthfully, in every moment, communicate it, talk about it. Okay, that's what, that's what we're not doing, right? It's okay to not know what you don't know, but at least share that and, and communicate about it so maybe you can learn someone else's aspects about it. Okay. Yeah. That's, good. that's something that we could all do. That's right. Right? it's an actual thing that we can, we can all do. Oppression is very confining, right? It limits, yes. limits everyone's thinking, everyone's possibility, everyone's humanness. And so just at the first, that's why I brought up Andrew Wayne Brown with science fiction. It's like expansive. Yes. There are so many ways to be a human on the planet. And we have really like allowed one narrow definition that right yeah. now is cis white men as their normal dictates everyone's normal, right? Their policies dictate what everyone experiences. And it's really harmful, right? And yeah. What matters is just about like, stop killing us, right? It's not about elevating us to be more than you, but just stop killing us, right? So that's, our baseline's pretty low. It's pretty, yeah. right? The bar's pretty low. Just stop killing us. Basic human rights. Yeah, that's right. And so this thing of like, wow, we don't even know what else could be happening if we didn't allow this a really narrow definition of oppression to like hold everyone down. Wow. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, is it just as simple as, you know, starting up a conversation with a, with a stranger at a park or something, someone who doesn't look like you and the remarkable kind of experience you can have just conversing with a total stranger who's not got the same color skin, like real, real epiphanies happen with conversations like that. You know, you learn so much about their mm-hmm. culture and their own personal story as well as your own and your relationship to it. Right. So the question with that is, you know, what's in it for them? I feel like it would be the same thing as it's in it for me. You think that this, because well, I'm, just want to I'm not, doing the thing, I'm doing the white thing. Like extraction, like, oh, I get to, I learned so much. I, you know, you know, you know, so yeah. where it has to be a real relationship where it's an actual, like what's in it for them. Um, and so this piece of talking okay, about yeah. great, you know, like, and have relationships and have conversations, um, just not, wanting to be extractive so okay so here's what i i do uh, maybe and this you can you can talk to me about it like i feel and maybe it's me being helpful like i want i want to smile and connect with you know everyone who like i see on the street especially like you know young black men or mm-hmm. someone who might never get a woman who looks like me mm-hmm. interact engage or smile at them mm-hmm. so is that what that is am i getting more out of it for me than i am doing anything about connecting and sharing hope that it's possible for change with them which is my intention is that bullshit i think, I think it's great for humans to connect with other humans i just <laughs> encourage you to monitor your expectations on yes yes wanting them to want you back i, I don't yeah because yeah. i know i know that 
I, I have experienced that and gone, oh, I didn't even get a hello back. But I know that it's it's not actually for, I'm trying very carefully to be sure it's not for me. Yeah, yeah. And that's where, like, all of this is so tricky, right? You're like, oh, what was yeah, that? Yeah, there's so many lines. Yeah, there's a lot there. And so getting clear on, clear on I'm a good person, I have racial bias, I'm working on it. Yeah. I say hello to someone, I'll take some cues, do they want to engage back? You know, it's yeah. like really picking up on these finer points. Um, yeah. And it's not because there's something like, that I'm a terrible person, right? But, but we all got given bad information about how to treat another human, including yes. us, including ourselves, including another person that looks just like me. Yeah. Another white woman, internalized sexism where I believe it and like, you know, women are nasty back at each other and things like that, right? Blech. Yeah, boring. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I just... <laughs> for me I, I i just like to you know it doesn't i mean it's elderly it doesn't matter who it is right. but i i do find myself always kind of like just trying to share kindness mm -hmm. with you know other people i really i really like doing that right. i feel like it shocks people sometimes when they're like yeah, why I, are you smiling at me yeah why right. shouldn't i like our positionality um or our our ability like to influence um and using our kind of gatekeeping status, whether we literally are a gatekeeper and are controlling access, you know, whether you're a manager or you know, even a team yeah. controls access to information or your networks, if you know a lot of people, us kind of leveraging our gatekeeping status for to advance racial equity, right? Yes. And being conscious of like, oh, I have a status here just by because we're white, and then the intersection around being white and female. You know, and, and each person's situation is different, like in your communities or networks or whatever. Uh, and understanding that there's there's a role I can play, like use your powers for good, not evil. It's like the very simple version of that, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so then, so then, what is the next steps? You know, for for me and other people like me to do, like how do we keep the momentum going? Yeah. How do we expand our education, expand our connection to to groups, to leaders who are doing this work? It, 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 is the next steps yeah. me like you know following you know white people for Black Lives and Bold Power and Surge and all the social yeah. medias? Do I sign up to volunteer? Like, what what can we do yeah. to keep building the blocks? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, information, information is, is really useful. A key thing is move money, move power, right? Like okay. We do, folks that are like being targeted by racism can't wait for us to have an aha moment. If I just read, <laughs> right. So um, reading books is great, but you know, that, that cannot be, you know, that has to be a piece, a strategy, yep. a starting point, really mm. moving money to move power is key. Right. So moving money, you know, buy black, that's, there's tons of hashtags out there you can follow and actually literally, and like I said earlier, where you put your money is what you value. Yes. So where you bank, do you bank with Bank yeah. of America that invests in prison labor, right? Like, yes. Yeah. And, and, and this is all Googleable. All this yeah, information all is just Googleable. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Nothing of like, oh, what a hassle to change your bank, your bank card, all your passwords. Blah, 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 blah. Yes. It's the non-sexy work of racial equity, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. And, and no one will know you're not going to get any like there's nothing social media postable about i changed my bank account like look at the past you know sure it's that thing though that like all of those moments like whether you move your your money in your banking so and then one example is all the organizations i donate to um yeah 
you know, are all POC led um, and yep. by and for folks of color. So I, I put Got my it. money, like my donations only go there. Um, and just, you know, for me, again, many examples. So if I have networks or if I, like, how can I move money to my colleagues of color? Like for them clients, right? Yes. Well, yep. We do a partnership. I do 60% um, of the work for 40% of the pay. Yes. So that's how we do the split, right? When we are going in with client contracted work, right? And so that is me putting my money where my mouth is in terms of value. Amazing. And I'm also not martyring myself. Like I- Exactly. Money, right? And so I, you know, I don't want to be a doormat either. I'm not like, yep. oh, you know, like take it all. Like, you know, so it's not that. Yep. Um, but it really, I think we need to move a lot of money. We need to move money to move power. We need to elevate other folks who, um, you know, because it can really, if, if you have that, you know, and, and, he, and that doesn't mean you have to have a lot of money, right? All sure. of us have our spheres of influence. And so I really don't want someone to be like, I'm, I have no money. I got laid off from COVID. What am I supposed to do here? Like, that's not the right. It's like, all of us have different places that we purchase things or where our money is or our influence or like, you know, our spheres of influence, right? Um, and yeah. something that we can all like just elevate in the conversation is uh -huh. the starting point, but it has to have action, it has to be actionable. That's right, that's right, that's right. And seeking out the representatives in your area who are fighting for these kinds of things, supporting them. Yeah, I was gonna say the biggest thing we have coming up are all of the elections, right? Like that of course. Is the the biggest thing in all of the local elections and you know the shocking numbers of people that don't vote like yeah yeah you know, and in, in you know all this stuff of like calling your representatives and emailing them you're like ah, i don't really want to do that that's annoying that's weird the non-sexy stuff that's it that's what's neat that's the system we have so we have yeah. to really play the game and right yeah use the bullshit to outsmart the bullshit until we yep. dismantle the bullshit Yep, 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 yep. So there's, there. I mean, <laughs> that's so cool because that's what I was saying in the in the opening uh, intro was like, is the answer like education and action? Mm -hmm. You know, really, yes, right. Mm -hmm. That's what you can do, even though you might have been speaking personally, you right. know, uh, ignorant before about what you could possibly do to help. Um, though, those are really good starts. Talking communicating connecting and then educating yourself on your possibilities and like you say how you act and interact with what corporations and what the hell they do with their money and what they support <gasps> that yeah. alec alec that that company like oh my god anything involved with those if you're in america that company is the literal devil um and then taking action no matter how small yeah okay Okay, I like that. All those are really doable and they're not biting off way more than we can chew. Right, right. And chances are, you know, we can be bolder than we're, our, we might be nervous about. And yeah. Like, this is where, like, if we know our power and we're, you know, we're, um, and, and this, I don't want to make light of someone who's like, I'm in a tenuous employment situation. I was yes. in a workshop with a group of, of, of folks and we were like, what if, what if you just tried to get fired? Like, how far would you have to go before you actually did get fired for trying to advance racial equity internally? Wow. And now I'm not suggesting anyone go get fired. That might be a strategy. You're like, I'm in, I'm going to go all out. Right. Um, so I want to also honor that like folks, you can make moves and actually do big, bold organizing and it doesn't have to, you know, cost you your job. So don't hear me like that. Right. But that right. often we're, 
are we have limiting beliefs that might not be true. So this is where yeah. it's an invitation to truly, truly look like, oh, cause people are like, oh, I don't know if I can do this or that, or I don't want to make waves. And often our white privilege means that it would be a, we could actually go quite further than we are yes. afraid of. Them. Yes. One thing that's a caution around that is don't go like a bunch of white folks now being like, I'm going to go do a bunch of stuff. We have to really like honor and, and follow our colleagues of color. Right. Yeah. And so that we're not just like launching and trying to change a bunch of stuff without, without actually having relationships or being informed. It's sort of like yeah. we're arriving late to a party and we don't, yes. want, we don't get to go over and change the music just because we have arrived. Totally. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Isn't it true though? There's some statistic that I saw on your website where, and I don't know what the percentages are, but there's a very low percentage of people of color who are actually in you know, like you said before, the, the nonprofits and stuff. So do you think that's important? That's really important, right? To get those people yeah. represented by the people that they're representing. Yeah, absolutely. Representation matters. A key thing with that, like, you know, a lot of my clients will be like, oh, we just can't, you know, find people of color didn't apply or, oh, then we get them to apply. People are not going to stay if your culture sucks. For sure. Right. And so, you know, if you are a majority white space, work on your whiteness before yeah. you go higher. Totally. Intent for representation, but you won't be able to retain people. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So in what ways do you think that the minorities can, you know, uh, keep their issues on the radar? What's, what's, what's advice for, for that? Oh, I'm not going to give people of color advice. <laughs> That's not how it works. No, that's not how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah. absolutely right. I mean, there's absolutely definitely right. tons of strategies. Like the ones I will repeat that my colleagues of color have said out loud is enlist your allies, no matter, yeah. you know, whether they fall short, which we as attempted allies, right? Folks, we are seeking to be an allyship. We're making, missing the mark, making mistakes, but we'll keep trying, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, really don't go at it alone. Like that is what my colleagues of color have shared to other folks of color don't go at it alone, right? No. Not allies, but organizing or, or really being connected to folk, other folks of color around this. And then um, there's a lot of like oppression. Usually, there's a lot that needs to be healed from, and that's true for most humans. So doing yep. healing work um, so that the, the ignorance and the racism that your, your people are currently facing isn't continually re-traumatizing them. So folks of color, my right. colleagues have named like, you've got to do your own healing work. Um, yes. And it'll, it's, it'll be usually continually disappointing that the racism is, can keep coming at you, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so yes. So the things I've heard that my colleagues have, my colleagues of color have shared. So I'm just repeating their words out. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's the same for, I mean, it's potentially the same for every single human being, right? We all have those. Right, right. And then just it, what's different is, um, you know, I do think men need to heal from um, toxic masculinity, but because the power dynamic is different, right? Yeah. So it's um, not all things being equal. Everyone does have healing work to do, but the, um, the, the risk uh, is yes. different for different folks. Very much so. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, there's, there's things that we couldn't possibly understand what it feels like to feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, is there anything that, uh, that I've missed anything that you, that you want to share anything that's important for, you know, 
us to know in this moment? Yeah, great. Thank you. Let me just see. Um, I mean, we covered a lot of territory. We talked. I guess the only thing I know is that we, you know, we didn't necessarily like define a ton of terms. So the one important one I'll just share so that we can please do. I'd love for you to define all of them if you want to. <laughs> you might want to put this in the ready, set, go. Yeah, right. Um, and thinking about racism is prejudice plus power. Okay. Yep. Which is then totally. why. Because anyone can be an asshole to anyone, right? Anyone can yes. discriminate to anybody because we all buy yeah. But it's about the power. And that's why mm -hmm. then there's no such thing as reverse racism. Yes. Right? It's just not a thing. It's not a dynamic. If we look at, you know, all, you know, the systems are working as designed to benefit totally. white folks. So yep. um, getting really kind of clear on and uh -huh. fine some key definitions we talked about equity equality uh -huh. and i'm just offering this one around racism is prejudice plus power um i love that it helps us I, mean, I don't love that right but it, the interpersonal prejudice plus like power institutional power systemic power things like that that those mapped together um you know central park uh central park karen is my my friend jody i'm called her amy cooper right the power that woman with the dog feeling yeah, exactly. on the phone like saying yeah. there's a black man right. trying to who is that woman why feeling that they will be backed by institutional power the police system if they make a phone call right wow while she's being videoed yeah and so just understanding that like personal prejudice is one thing but then when we map it to power and the in the institutional power that is will back it up Right. Wow. Like what, you know, what she did and what all the white women who, you know, there's all the phone calls we see of them calling the manager, whatever, is akin to like terrorism. Yes, 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 yes. Like, or, you know, like attempted murder, right? Almost because the consequences for the person of color in that situation could be they lose their, they die, they're murdered, right? By the institutional power that was, will protect the totally. white women. Yeah. Totally. I don't know if that should be at the very end. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really enough. I mean, in terms of like, well, if I just opened up a whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. I did something that when I said at the beginning was internalized sexism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That I wanted to know, like, mm -hmm. what is that and how does it play in? Yeah, well, we, yeah, we spoke, we, we named it, um, and you know what it is, just a term, right? So, yeah. sexism comes in. And when I believe it, when I believe all that garbage about women, and then I spit it back out to another woman. Ah, oh, yes, right. That. I've internalized the oppression, internalized sexism, and then uh -huh. the way women are socialized to be horrible to each other. Yes, yes, yes. The Giving more power to the words, thus making them true. Sure. Okay. You know, the way women, um, you know, and, and so then you add in race with that, and that's where white feminism, right? Like. The women's movement wasn't for all women, right? It was also yes. for great white middle class women. We didn't have like an intersectional feminist movement that you know from the seventies. Um, the movie, oh, I'm gonna watch it, or not the movie, the show about oh, Ms. Was it just called Ms.? The show that came out like recently with Kate Blanchett, and it's 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 a it's a really interesting oh, Miss America, is it yeah. Miss America? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That series really is interesting and to map it now to thinking about what's happening and and just how you know that was a white women's movement and it was also and so that's what i mean by like internalized where we're like well not all women should get whatever just you know and, and so yeah it, that's another place to heal right heal yeah 
you know, the, there's the movie Mean Girls, um, uh -huh. and Heather's, it's the 30th anniversary of Heather's, which it's just crazy. I don't know if you No, it's not. I know. No, it's not. <laughs> I know. It's like Winona Ryder, Christian Slater, what? Yeah, I, I love that movie. <laughs> it's pretty dark. It's pretty dark. But that, all that stuff, right? The, the way yeah. that, that, um, women are socialized and then. Yeah. Um, to each other because we've believed we believe the sexism or we take it in so what i'm hearing then is that you're saying it's all of our responsibility to register how we're using abusing power mm -hmm. in every moment yeah yeah well I'm right power and privilege are always operating and so yes partly why it stays in place oppression stays in place is because it confuses us into not seeing it right right it's very confusing it's confusing Look over here yeah. yeah it is confusing or or we start gaslighting ourselves did that happen i don't know what's going on yeah mm -hmm. so then how do you unconfuse it you just have to look at every single moment and decipher, like you're saying, the feelings? Yeah, I mean, I think that I, I do talk about equity work is healing work. It's the same, yes. the same thing. And so um, this idea of, again, not to use another term, but like decolonizing our own mind, you have to start with then the assumption, I've been colonized. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah just as a general rule, accept that. Yeah. I mean, again, like here's another old movie, The Matrix, like unplug, unplug from The Matrix. Yes, yes, which we are all in, so true. Yeah, so you'd have to know that there's something to unplug from. Yes. And that's what absolutely is. You know, if people are loud enough, folks that haven't had to see that there's something to unplug from are now being like, what? What's going on, right? There's an awakening happening in a certain kind of way right now. You, you'll like this, uh, one of the women who was doing the um, onboarding for uh white people for black lives mm -hmm. she was saying uh white supremacy isn't the shark it's the ocean that we swim in absolutely absolutely and i was like oh, yeah. oh my god yes absolutely yeah 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 no one escaped it we're all um yeah yeah mm -hmm. so in our small way in our small small you know very individual way we have great power mm -hmm. to be the change that we wish to see. Yeah. And I know I, I know I keep reiterating it, but it's uh it's just the relationships, the relationship that you have to yourself and how you honor your worth and your value and your truth yeah. and stand up for that and share that without blame or accusation or, or shame mm -hmm. in every moment is the equity work that then, you know, can, can breed around you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, so thank you so much. I will put all of your contact information um, if you want to see it down in the uh, YouTube comments. Um, Fleur Larson with an S E N L A R S E N at Fleur Larson Facilitation. Um, yeah, get this woman to come into your into your company um, and kind of do some ground roots betterment for, for all of us. Mm. And maybe we can find that utopian society or get closer to it at least someday. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for your great questions. Appreciate it.
Oh, of course. Thank you. I'm glad. When I was writing them, I was like, I don't know even how to, what are the, what are the questions I'm asking here? I'm so confused about how to talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's really cool. I'm, I, I feel like I know a little bit more than I thought that I did. <laughs> yeah, practice makes progress. Yes, all practice makes progress. Mm -hmm. I know. Get that on a shirt. <laughs> right. I didn't make it up. Someone else made it up. I just heard it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Thank you so much to uh, everyone for joining us here today. Of course, uh, Extraordinaire's podcast on uh, Instagram and Facebook. DM me for any questions. Uh, check out the YouTube channel episodes. Thank you to my uh, hashtag hot husband, Will, hot husband, uh, Will Traval for um, being there on the other end of this Zoom call. And um, yeah, I, I love you all. Let's make a better world, right? I think it's possible. Um, take care, everyone. Uh, be kind to each other. <laughs> I'll see you soon. Extraordinaires Now's the time to share Yeah, yeah, yeah Extraordinaires We're all